You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green Smith, episode 459. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP459. There. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Hello, audience. How the hell are you? I am excited about today's topic because it is one of the most prevailing themes that I see with my clients and students. You've probably heard me talk about this before, but usually when I work with someone, there is a typical behavioral pattern or kind of defense mechanism that folks lean on. And it's usually either perfectionism that also can look like excessive overachieving, overfunctioning, or extreme people-pleasing. And sometimes that people-pleasing is a little more covert and it is kind of masked by perfectionism because perfectionism essentially is really giving a shit about what other people think about you and wanting it to be really flawless, right? Like we never want to be perceived as less than excellent, as less than perfect. And so if you've been following along, the last two episodes, we've been doing a mini series around being stuck and the various different elements that contribute to stagnation and us just genuinely being more complacent and not moving forward in our life. Sometimes it's because we don't know what we want to do. Sometimes it's We know exactly what we want to do, but we don't know exactly how to get there or what sort of support we need. Sometimes it's just feeling blah and a lack of motivation. So this week, we're going to be talking about the connection between that behavioral tactic of perfectionism, how it's related to procrastination, Because my guess is if you identify at all as a procrastinator, there's probably some perfectionism tendencies happening there and vice versa. And what that how that contributes to our feeling of stuckness and then what the hell to do about it. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be walking you through three main points, just kind of excavating behind this concept. And then the last five remaining points are going to be some baby steps of what you can do about it. 
So this will be our last episode in this series. So if you haven't caught the other two, I highly suggest that you do that. Episode 457 was 10 specific tactics you can take to get unstuck. And then last week, I talked with Britt Frank, who is an incredible therapist and has written a book called The Science of Stuck. You will definitely want to listen to that and get your hands on that book. But before we jump into all of the goods around perfectionism and procrastination and how that leaves us just totally fucking stuck. I have really exciting news. You probably heard this if you've been listening to the show the last couple of weeks. I have been working my lovely little ass off on a brand new program. I am beside myself about this. I have not had something to offer you all for quite a few years now as I've been focusing on my speaking, which has been fantastic, but I am dying to commune with all of you. I am dying to see that radical transformation that I know is possible. So here's the deal. I have never done a format like this before. The program is called Worthy, period. Just straight up fucking worthy. And it's all about us accessing your innate enoughness, believing that you are enough, that you are worthy of the things that you desire worthy of speaking up for yourself, establishing boundaries, having the confidence to go after the things that you want, to not be riddled with self-doubt, perfectionism, people-pleasing, all the stuff that holds you back. And I've never done this before, but I'm doing a program that is nine months. So this is not for the faint of heart. This is a deep dive immersion with me, 15 women. That's the max I'm going to take. So we keep it really intimate. We'll be going through this journey together for the better part of a year. I'm incorporating all of the various modalities that I've been certified in over the last handful of years, including a lot of hypnosis that will be included, uh, uh, personalized hypnosis tracks that are going to be included, extremely robust curriculum. We're going to be digging into inner child stuff. So many new elements and tools and tactics that I have not released before and cannot wait to share with you. The best part, I think, of this whole thing, the fact that we're going to be together for such a long period of time, you're going to have so much access to me. We are also going to include in this program a luxury Mexican resort retreat, five days with options to add additional days if you want to come in earlier or later for us all to congregate and meet and do awesome personal growth, sister shit around a bonfire, be in this incredibly gorgeous resort. Wait until you see it. It's unreal. So this kind of culmination of all this work that we're going to do together and all this transformation we're going to see with one another and then to actually get to hug each other in real life. I cannot wait. I am just beside myself about this program. It is going to be a very small group. Obviously, there's a time commitment involved. There is a lot of flexibility around that. However, your first item of business is to mark your calendar because applications open this Thursday, the 8th. Here's how the process works. You go to amygreensmith.com slash worthy. You will be able to access the invitation that gives you all of the specifics 
everything that's included in the program, the breakdown of the curriculum. You'll see the dates of the retreat. You'll see the facility where we're having it, how gorgeous the resort center is, all of the specifics, the calls, all of those things, everything that's included, lots of bonuses. You will not want to miss that. Once you have that, you will be able to then apply for the program. And the application application process is very simple. This is what's available this coming Thursday on the 8th. You apply by filling out a questionnaire, and then we will set up a time to jump on a call and just make sure that this is the perfect fit for you and handle all of the all of the logistics around it. Again, I only have 15 spots. I have not opened something up like this for forever, and I've never actually done anything exactly like this. I've never done anything longer than four months. I've never done anything that includes a full-on retreat inside that program. I've never added all of the bonuses that I've added. Like it, this, it, and I've never had such a breadth of material to give to everyone that will span over that that long of a time period. So, if you get anything out of this podcast, just imagine what it would be like to be in such a deep immersion for nine months with a small army of badasses, with me as your facilitator and leader, chances are there is nothing I haven't heard. (laughs) Uh, It's very uncommon that somebody brings up an issue that I haven't heard from a ton of other women. Please go to amygreensmith.com slash worthy. Here's the deal. You will be able to see the invitation, read through all of that in its entirety. Get super fucking pumped about the change that awaits you, (laughs) about what is possible, about what all my other students have said about past programs. Then fill out that application and do not wait because this is, again, quite limited in capacity. All right. And it's not going to be open forever. It's only 10 days that I'm starting this introductory application window. Okay, so I'm only doing that for 10 days. So you want to get your application submitted and get on the calendar so that we can chat about this and you can save your spot. Okay, payment plans are going to be available. I'm doing everything I can to make it as feasible as, as possible. So if you know that this is kind of tugging at your heart, at least fill out the application. I have had so many folks tell me that just going through a process like that was so illuminating and eye-opening. Plus, it's not going to take you very long. It's only going to be about five minutes to complete this application. If I do still have spots available, I may open up another application window. But right now, is the time to do it. This is the priority application window because it includes additional bonuses that you will not want to miss. Okay, so there you have it. If it's pulling at your intuition, at the very least, just fill out the application. Let's talk talk about it. Jump on a call. Tell me all the things you're concerned about. I've probably heard them a million times before. Check out what past students have said. I think it'll be really, really helpful for you. Okay, let's move into our topic for today, perfectionism, procrastination, and feeling stuck. And what do we do about it? So a couple of things that I want to talk about here first. The concept of being perfect, of being flawless, just doesn't actually exist. There really is no way to be perfect. In fact, if I were to ask 
a handful of individuals. What is the perfect way to plan a party? Or what is the perfect partner? Or what's the perfect car? Or the perfect outfit? Everybody is going to have a different rubric for what constitutes perfect or flawless. And it's usually the case that whatever feels like our standard of excellence, we can still pick it apart and go, yeah, but we could have done this instead. So the deal with perfectionism is that it is a constant striving for something that actually doesn't exist. It's a rat race. You're setting yourself up to fail over and over and over again. It's literally not attainable. And it also creates this subconscious narrative in our mind that we are not enough. So we have this incredibly high bar of something needing to be perfect. We don't achieve that because it is not possible. And then the narrative in our mind is, well, see, I'm not enough. See, I'm a failure. And then that fuels this cyclical belief in our mind. Oh, see, I'm not enough. And then we strive. We keep striving for that. And we keep coming up empty. And then we wonder why, if we checked all these boxes or we have all these accomplishments, why the fuck we're not fulfilled by that? Why we're not happy? Why do we see people who, by all intents and purposes, have the quote unquote perfect career? You know, maybe they're celebrities, they're whoever, or they have the perfect body or the perfect partner and they're miserable, right? Like we see that sort of a story all the time. That idea of perfectionism is external, it's the striving for, I will be enough when. This unattainable thing happens. And then we just follow in that cycle over and over and over again. So let's talk a little bit about that, that way in which it keeps us stuck because of how it relates to procrastination. So here's the deal with our fear responses. We've talked about this in some other episodes. I'll link to it in the show note about our four primitive fear responses and sort of their modern iteration. But if you caught that episode, you may know that our freeze response, so when we feel a sense of threat or some sort of impending doom, one sort of fear response is to freeze. Right. So if you're about to be attacked by a mountain lion and you just huh, freeze, you don't know what to do with yourself. You kind of have an out, out of body and you just hold still. Obviously, you are in a freeze defense response. Right. The modern iteration of that is procrastination. So we feel some sort of sense of threat. Right. Or some sort of fear or some sort of worry. And we just completely procrastinate. And then perfectionism is typically the lie we tell ourselves about why we can't move forward. So perfectionism is sort of the behavior or the notion that we attach to of why we are stuck. Now, perfectionism is not the only reason why we procrastinate. Don't get it twisted. There are plenty of reasons why we procrastinate. However, perfectionism is one of them. And it is, again, 
attached to this lie of I can't move forward unless I have the perfect set of credentials or the perfect website or the perfect body before I go back into the dating scene or whatever your stack of criterion happens to be. And then we lean on that perfectionism lie of I can't move forward unless things are flawless, like it is a badge of honor, right? I remember even when I, years ago, this was like early 2000s, I went to makeup school. And one of the parts of the basic makeup school class was to be able to go through a mock interview as if you were going to work at one of the cosmetic counters. And one of the things that they had suggested is if they ask you what is your biggest, you know, obstacle or opportunity that you say something like perfectionism. <laughs> right? Hello 2000s. So it's the way to kind of get out of saying that you really have any any major faults or obstacles, right? And to use this like a badge of honor. And we do this with a number of things in our society. We do this with busyness. We do this with lack of sleep. We think, how amazing is it that I can function off of a gallon of coffee and four hours of sleep when it's wreaking havoc on your body? Or... God, I'm so busy. And we wear that like a badge of honor, like resting and recharging isn't something that we need. (laughs) And we do this with perfectionism, where we act as though it's an amazing quality instead of recognizing where it holds us back. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't give us something or that it doesn't benefit us in some way. I absolutely think it does because it's a behavioral pattern. It's something that we do because we have learned that here's a way that I can stay safe. If people think that I'm perfect or if I'm the star student or if I'm the best employee, maybe then I'm worthy. Maybe then I'm enough. Achieve, 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 achieve almost always is cloaked in perfectionism. So what I want you to notice here is that there is that connection between perfectionism and procrastination. Have you ever had a situation where you wanted to go after a new job, but you didn't feel like you had all the perfect criteria and certifications and all these different things? And so you held yourself back. Or one I see a lot is wanting to get back into the dating scene. I was mentioning that just a second ago, where it's like, oh, Oh, I can't do that at this weight. I can't do that unless I get some Botox. I can't, right? Like this stagnation. Or I can't start my business. Or I can't write a book. Or I can't fill in the fucking blank. And so we've got these grandiose ideas of what this accomplishment is going to look like. But we stay stuck in that procrastination place. Because we are holding out for perfect. All right. So I want you to see those that correlation. All right. So let's talk about number two here, that fear. So this is another element of that primitive fear response, right? So there's the threat, the fear, or the worry is likely something to the effect of I'm not valuable. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I need to prove my worth. If I am perfect, 
then I will be valuable. Then I will be worthy. Then I will be enough. Pick your semantics. Here's what I want you to do about it. I want you to journal or just ask yourself. It's always more powerful if you take pen to paper. I want you to ask yourself, what do I make it mean if I am not perfect? If I am not perfect, what do I make that mean? Now, this can also be multiplied if you are part of a marginalized identity. Okay, so I have to prove myself as somebody with a disability. I have to prove myself as somebody who's queer. In fact, I'm going to link to we did a whole perfectionism perfectionism series quite a while ago, and I did a coaching session with a gal who was talking about that pull to be perfect because of being a person of color and because of the family that she grew up in. So we'll link to all of that. But there's that additional level of I'm not enough. Here's my tactic to prove that I am. And so what we're doing is we're chasing that worthiness outside of ourselves instead of saying I'm worthy, I'm enough as I am. And it's important to me to accomplish this degree or start this business. And I'm going to be motivated by personal fulfillment. It's a very different motivator, right? So that's one of the biggest things that we get worried about is if I remove my perfectionism, I'm not going to do a damn thing. I'm going to be totally lazy. And that is such a fallacy. It's not true. It simply means that you're going to go after your goal being motivated by what brings you joy instead of being motivated by maybe then I'll be worthy. So for example, if you are starting a business, let's say, if you're motivated by perfectionism, it's going to be, I have to have the perfect website. People have to think I'm amazing, that I have the best offerings, that I have the best products, that I am just, right? It's all about that external approval instead of I can't wait to get this out into the world because it brings me so much joy knowing I'm helping people or their life could be easier because of something I brought into this world. That is motivated by something that genuinely fulfills you, not, oh God, I hope they accept me and then I'll be worthy. All right. So number one, we understand the connection between perfectionism and procrastination. Number two, we've analyzed what my biggest fear is. If I'm perfect, then I must not be valuable. We're going to journal around what do I make it mean if I am not perfect. And then number three, we lean on perfectionism as a defense mechanism. Now, I've talked to you about this many times before with regards to people pleasing. We think about people pleasing being this really negative thing. It's not always a negative thing. Sometimes placating somebody or acquiescing to somebody literally saves your life. So there are situations when I think perfectionism really does help us. Maybe it helped you commit to details. I know that years ago, Mr. Smith and I, we have this joke around him being really hasty and me being more wasty. I tend to waste the time. He tends to be too hasty and make make bad choices. And coincidentally, my best friend is exactly like him. So Whether I'm with her or whether I'm with him, we're hasty and wasty. 
So he was doing a home project back in California prior to us moving out here to North Carolina, and he was going to do new flooring. And I said, okay, this is a situation where you cannot be hasty. You cannot skip steps. You need to remeasure like three times before you get this going, right? Because this is our investment. This is going to affect if we're able to sell the house. I mean, this is a big deal. You can't just fuck up on installing new flooring, okay? And he looked at it as an opportunity to grow and move beyond some of that that hasty tendency that ended up causing problems in certain situations. So in that situation, perfectionism and searching for that perfect measurement and really dotting the I's, crossing the T's was extremely helpful for him. All right. Now, in other situations where, you know, for example, Back when I went to makeup school, it's so funny that these metaphors or analogies that come up for me. Back when I went to makeup school, I was also in the throes of my anxiety disorder. This is again about 20 years ago. I was about to become a an, an assistant to the class. I was going to start teaching at this makeup school. And I essentially had to put together a really comprehensive report and presentation about all of the notes that I had taken as I went through this program as kind of an assistant to the course. Like, how would I be an assistant and then eventually move into being an instructor at this school? So I, of course, labored over this and putting this whole thing together. And then I could not sleep, y'all. Like everything's in sheet protectors and perfectly printed out, which was not always easy 20 years ago, right? And I had put a cover picture of a makeup that was really elaborate and over the top. And I started stressing out and couldn't sleep because I was thinking, ooh, I don't know if I should have put that that image there because it's an advanced makeup and I'm applying to teach the basic makeup techniques, right? Like I was starting at sort of the intro level as an assistant and then an instructor. So I stressed myself out over that damn cover picture of like, ooh, I think this might be too advanced. I think, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like the perfectionism in that scenario is stealing my joy, right? It is not helpful. It's not aiding in this situation. So I think it's really important that we delineate when is this actually in service of me and when is it not? So for example, if you're a fucking surgeon, yeah, that is going to be in service of you. (laughs) We need you to be perfect with your incisions and all of those things, right? It's a matter of life and death. But if it's a matter of Ooh, do I use off black or jet black as the font color for my new business cards? Let me obsess about this for 30 days before I do a goddamn thing. Now it's not in service of us. Okay. So let's talk about it a little bit as a defense mechanism. Somewhere along the way, you probably developed a positive association in your subconscious mind that perfectionism somehow kept you safe. So, for example, Growing up in a family, perhaps, where all your siblings got all the attention, or maybe you had just a shit ton of them, 
And your only way to really stand out or to feel valuable was to become an overachiever, an overfunctioner, check off all the boxes, be the perfectionist. And we're actually going to talk about this a lot next week. We're going to be diving into a whole new series on trauma and family and what actually happens in the subconscious mind. So you won't want to miss that because we're going to dig into that quite a bit. But basically what we do is we create this positive association with perfectionism and we go, oh, if I'm perfect, if I get straight A's, if I have a 4.0, if I'm an honor student, if I get a master's degree, if I get a doctoral degree, then I'm valuable, right? Oftentimes we do something in our youth as we're, you know, coming of age and we get incredibly applauded for doing something of excellence. And then we associate, oh, that's how I garner approval and acceptance and love. And what all of that means to us is then I'll be worthy. And this is why in in my program called Worthy, we are going to be dismantling the fuck out of all of those disempowering beliefs because we create that set of beliefs that then is housed in the subconscious. And you probably heard me talk about this before, but the subconscious is a majority of our mind's power. It's upwards of 90% of our mind's power. That means just consciously thinking that you want to shift your thoughts about perfectionism is not going to work because we have this deep-seated, embedded belief that perfectionism is safe. It's the healthiest thing for me, right? Now, that's all happening kind of in that that lizard primitive brain, okay? So you've developed this association, a positive association with perfectionism. This is how I can express my value. It becomes a huge piece of our identity. So there is also a fear around the, well, the things that have gotten me to this level of success has been perfectionism. And in some situations, I think that's fantastic. Like, let's take the surgeon, for example. That's fantastic while you're in the surgery. You do have to be flawless and perfect. But what happens if you spend all your weekends, all of your evenings studying all the latest new technology and you're just continuing to try to better your craft and all your relationships are failing, you're not getting enough sleep, you're not taking care of your own physical self. Now that perfectionism is actually arresting some things that you genuinely need in your life to survive, like your health, like really positive relationships. So there's boundaries around all of this that are nuanced for for each and every person. But a huge piece of this, I think, is grappling with this identity of, well, this is how I've gotten there. It's also a manner of control. It's a way that we can really tend to one specific thing like, oh, I can overachieve in my work or I can overachieve in my parenting and then I don't have to deal with you know, my in-laws or then I don't have to deal with what's happening at work or I don't have to deal with my marriage. So it's a way to feel in control when there's other areas of our lives where we don't feel in control. I wanted to take a quick moment to thank Let's Get Checked for sponsoring this podcast. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing super easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. Well, 
testing for what, you might ask? Well, they have a huge array of at-home testing kits, including women's health, men's health, sexual health, and wellness kits. In fact, I did two of the women's hormone testing kits, and it could not have been easier. And then when I received the results, I was able to simply forward them onto my naturopath to get her thoughts. All you do is you simply choose your test online. It will be delivered to you in discreet packaging with next day delivery. And then once your sample arrives in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. Once your results are available, they'll be reviewed by a physician and then a nurse will contact you for a consultation over the phone. And in some cases, a physician will be able to provide prescriptions to the pharmacy of your choosing. Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. Let's Get Checked lets you avoid uncomfortable office visits by providing you with access to home testing and professional medical consultations without ever leaving your home. It has never been this simple to get tested. So get this. If you want to try a test from Let's Get Checked, all you got to do is go to trylgc.com slash bold truth to save a whopping 30% on your first test kit. 30%. Just use the code bold truth, all one word at checkout. That's bold truth to save 30% on your first test kit. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, so those are the first three elements there, okay? And now let's talk about, well, what the fuck do I do with it? So if I have this, and I know I have this, and I can see how this pattern has been formed, now what? Well, first of all, this is number four. Stop identifying as a perfectionist. Let's stop wearing this as a goddamn badge of honor. No. Instead, let's say something like, I really val- I have a strong value around accuracy and precision. <laughs> or I really do like to strive for excellence. Or I am a perfectionist in recovery. Recovering perfectionist, however you want to phrase it. I'm sure you've heard that. But anything that's not claiming that that is your current identifier. That's another huge thing that we're going to be focusing on in Worthy is how do we identify? What do we label ourselves as? Because that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you continue to tell yourself, I am a perfectionist, you will continue those sorts of behaviors. Okay, so that's the first item of business. And y'all can do that literally today. Stop identifying as a perfectionist. And, and truly, like stop identifying as anything that you want to shift. You want to shift people pleasing? Stop calling yourself a people pleaser. Say something past tense or that I'm in the process of releasing my grip on perfectionism or I used to be a perfectionist. And you can catch yourself in the moment. Like if you say, "Ah, I'm just such a perfectionist. Actually, actually, no, I'm working on releasing my grip on perfectionism. Or I used to be. I'm I'm shifting that. So first item of business, stop identifying as a perfectionist. Number five, striving for excellence, not perfection. Okay, so a lot of times we think if I don't strive for perfection, I'm going to go to the total opposite side of the spectrum and I'm going to be lazy and worthless and not care about accomplishing anything. No, that doesn't have to be the case. We're just saying, let's bring it down a notch so it's actually fucking attainable. 
One of my favorite mantras is I strive for excellence, not perfection. I do want things to be done excellently. I, but that also gives me room to shift and improve and to receive feedback and to get creative. Of course, I want things to be excellent. Every retreat, every program, everything that I have ever done, I've always strived for excellence. But it's not perfect. And that's okay because it doesn't exist. And excellence allows me that freedom to shift and change and improve and tweak and alter. So it doesn't have to be your word, okay? Excellence doesn't have to be your word. It could be accuracy. It could be precision. It could be any number of things. But let's switch that up. Let's say it doesn't have to be perfect, but I do strive for fill in the blank and decide what word word resonates for you or works for you. Number six, recognize and identify your self-inflicted rules. This is a huge one. These are the statements that we make that are in sort of an absolute framework. We say them as an absolute, like it's not possible. I have to. I can't. I never. They always. Those are statements that are absolutes, okay? If we are saying something, I'll give you an example from myself. I used to say, and again, this is like 15, 20 years ago, I cannot go out of the house without makeup. That was a massive piece of perfectionism in my very, very early days. (laughs) I do not do that anymore at all. And That was something that was a self-inflicted rule. Nobody else said you absolutely cannot leave your house unless you do that. Now, we could argue that there's a lot of societal pressure. Yes, of course. But that was a rule I instated. Maybe you have something like, I cannot have guests over unless my house has been freshly cleaned. Uh, I cannot put up a temporary website to help some customers find me. I I cannot do that. It has to be the full-blown site with all of the offerings, with all of my products, with, oh, I can't have just an Etsy store. Oh, I can't, right? Like we have all of these different rules that we put in place. Sometimes it's even things like it's not working out unless I do an entire hour. Something is just a bullshit, self-inflicted rule that's like, why does it have to be that? And it's usually something that we've associated with perfectionism that keeps us fucking stuck. How many times have we said, if it can't be an hour of a workout or if it can't look this very specific way, then it's not worth doing. Now look who's procrastinating. Now look who's stuck. Now look who's in inaction. Because the bar has been set so goddamn high. So I want you to start analyzing what are my self-inflicted rules. You'll notice this in your thinking, how you are processing information going, oh, well, that, I can't, that's not possible or I can't just let that happen. Or I have to bake those cookies from scratch instead of buying them at the grocery store already made. Those sorts of things. Like we'll be thinking it through and then we'll also do it behaviorally where we will just be, our actions will show 
that we have these self-inflicted rules. So I want you to take a little inventory and maybe notice it over the next couple of days. Where do I have these absolutes of I can't do that, I won't do that, or that's not possible, or ooh, no, that's not how it's, quote, supposed to be, or that's not my ideal, right? And that's a great phrase to use when you opt for something that maybe it is the store-bought cookies instead of baking them from scratch and using your grandma's amazing recipe. I love to just say, you know what? Well, this wasn't my ideal, but it's going to have to do. It's okay if there's another preference, but we have to acknowledge that sometimes that other preference is what is driving us into the ground. And then what happens? We're pushing ourselves to the limit and then we start snapping at our kids and we're sassy with our partners and we're biting off our employees' heads that that has nothing to do with what they just did, right? Like we're, we're not showing up in our best way when we are trying to hold on to everything with a death grip of control, all right? So recognizing and identifying those self-inflicted rules. Number seven, say out loud what you are choosing. So, for example, we'll take the stupid cookie example. You decide that it's unacceptable to bring store-bought cookies to some sort of fucking event. And so I want you to say out loud, I am choosing to go to the store and getting get all of the ingredients that I need to make these cookies, and I am choosing to make them and stay up until midnight so that I can show up tomorrow with fresh baked cookies. I am choosing this over sleep. I'm choosing this over time with my kids. I'm choosing this over getting other work done. I'm choosing this over relaxation. I want you to call it out. So when you're noticing those self-inflicted rules, start saying out loud, I'm choosing this. Because a lot of times what we do is we say, I just don't have a choice. No one else is going to do it or it has to be this way. When it actually doesn't, It doesn't. I would find myself doing that when I was overloaded and I felt like, oh, I've got to get all these podcast episodes out. I can't just skip a week. Oh my gosh, I can't do that. I have to, I have to, right? Coming in with those those absolute phrases. And then I'll stop myself and go, okay, I have a choice here. I can choose to stay up till all hours of the night to kind of burn the candle at both ends. Or I can choose sleep and I can choose to just skip a week. And then I kind of go, oh, okay, I actually do have some options here. Again, it doesn't have to be my ideal. My ideal would be that all of the episodes would be flawless and, and I never skipped a week and all of that. Not necessarily my ideal, but given this scenario, I choose this. Fill in the blank. All right. Okay. Number eight is going to be an acronym. This is a way, sort of the the fifth item of what you can do to help curb this stuckness when it comes to perfectionism. And this is an acronym INC, like INC. Identify your triggers, notice your first reaction, calibrate your behavior. So, for example, identifying your triggers. Maybe. This with a stupid cookie analogy (laughs) is that you're really triggered by the other folks in the office, that the other folks in the office always go all out. They do like 
their fun family recipes and you, you know, you feel this pressure to bring in something amazing. And so, you know, you're triggered around that or you're triggered around parenting, you're triggering around body weight, you're triggered around, uh, you know, fill in the blank. So we notice that like, oh, okay, that's when I tend to get into these perfectionist spirals where it actually steals my joy. It's not helping me. It's not like Mr. Smith putting the flooring in correctly. Okay, it's not like a surgeon accurately performing a surgery. It's something that is costing you something severe, like your mental health, like sleep, like friendships, like connecting with other individuals, refueling, resting, recharging. Notice what your first reaction is to those triggers. Your first reaction is going to be perfectionism. It's going to be I have to. It's you're going to come in with an absolute. I have to do it this way. There's no other option. So notice that gut pull to per- perfect and then see we're going to calibrate. We're going to go, "Okay, I actually do have some choices here." That's what the whole calibration step is about. Is going, "Okay, wait a minute. Let's level this off. It doesn't have to be so goddamn extreme." What can I do? What is possible right now? What do I choose? Because inevitably, when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. If you're saying yes to those damn cookies, then you're saying no to sleep, to recharging, to time with family, to time with kids, whatever the other options are. So let's calibrate into something that feels more like a powerful decision for you. Okay, so let's look at this again. First three things that I talked about today were more conceptual, understanding. First of all, number one, the connection between perfectionism and procrastination, that it's a pull to protect ourselves when we're in that procrastinated place, okay? Number two, analyzing the fear behind it. What do I make up will happen if I am not perfect? Number three, understanding that we lean on perfectionism as a defense mechanism, It's likely that we created an association that here's how I can be enough. Here's how I can stay safe. And then we move into what do we do about it? Okay, number four, stop identifying as a perfectionist. Number five, strive for excellence, not perfection, or come up with another word, another moniker that you really do enjoy. you resonate with. Number six, identify those self-inflicted rules that usually are, are accompanied by an absolute, a phrase that's an absolute. Number seven, say out loud what you are choosing. You are going to notice very quickly that you keep making choices that are not helpful. But when we get it out of our body, instead of just letting it run loose in our mind, it becomes far less uh, rational. (laughs) because in our mind, we justify the shit out of everything. It's part of how the critical factor of the mind works. Justify it. I have to do it. I have to. But when you actually start saying this stuff out loud, you start realizing how ridiculous that is. Have you had that situation where you are talking to a friend or you're talking to somebody and you go, oh, gosh, now that I'm saying this out loud, it's really clear to me what I need to do. That's what we're targeting here. Say out loud what you are choosing. Number eight, use the ink tool or acronym. I, identify your triggers. N, notice your first reaction. C, calibrate your behavior. 
calibrating your behavior is essentially just making a different, more empowering decision. There you have it. You might have to wear a hole in this episode. Uh, Next week, we're going to be starting a new series, as I mentioned, on trauma and family. We've got some great guest experts coming up, and I'm going to be sharing a lot about the subconscious mind, why I am obsessed with hypnosis (laughs) because of the power that it has to access the subconscious in a much more easy way. And again, if you're interested in Worthy, my brand new program and deep dive immersion, radical transformative program, including a five-day luxury retreat, I can't even go to Amy Greensmith dot com slash worthy. You'll be the first to know when applications open this Thursday. So please mark your calendar. If you know that you for sure want to apply, you definitely want in. You will not want to wait. Okay. I've been hearing from a lot of folks that they are ready. They are excited. They can't wait. They want to get away to a real retreat. They want to commune with like-minded women and they want to change some of this bullshit perfectionism and people pleasing. And I am your woman. So I cannot wait to support you through this process. Mark your calendar, September 8th. We are opening up those applications for the very first priority window. Other than that, please come over to Instagram under the handle Hey Amy Green Smith, and let me know what your biggest takeaway was from this particular episode, what you're going to shift, what you're going to do differently. And until then, I will see you around these parts next week. And please remember, you are enough. Your voice matters. So please go out there and speak your bold faced truth. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you, bye.